0: Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining. Okay, so... This is our first show of 2021, so let's just call it what it is. The dumpster fire it was, 2020 is at an end. Thank God. Hopefully, hopefully it's going to get better. We have a a vaccine. It's starting to be deployed at some level, depending on where you're at. I'm in Massachusetts, but I'm not on that vaccine list for quite a while, So, so masks continue. As they will probably in your state as well, or your country. Anyway, thanks for joining. Like you, you know, I'm thankful that the 2020 Christmas season is up. You know, I certainly like the sales, and Q4 has a tendency to be really, really good uh, for uh, for online sales. And this year, or this last year, was uh, no exception. Uh, Matter of fact, I saw a market market increase. And uh, the number of sales I made uh, on all platforms last uh, uh, during the Q4. And hopefully, I will continue into this year. Now, um, that being said, in my marketplace, generally speaking, uh, used clothing has a tendency not to do very well until like March. And so um, I'm kind of bracing myself for a a low uh, February, you know, January, February. So you should probably, if you're in the same type of marketplace, you're probably going to kind of experience the same thing. But what do we do now that we've finished 2020? And w- what do we do in Q1? For me, what I do is I plan. So I need to close out my books and we're going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, cause obviously got to get ready for the tax season, uh, which is in April in the United States and probably different in other countries, but um, but we need to have our books closed because uh, that's how we report our income in, in April, and so we want to make sure we know all our numbers uh, coming into or coming out of the 2020 uh, year, and so that we're ready to report it, and we can plan for any kind of savings that we need to do to pay our taxes in April. Um, so if you you can't wait. Uh, you need to start your cl- book closing activities right now. And we're going to go through that. Like I said, uh, number two is that we want to plan for what we want to do. And you should have be been doing this at the end of Q4 too, but you know, if you haven't, now's a good time is to plan what you're going to do for 2021. As far as inventory, as far as pricing, as far as flushing out some old inventory, um, from the Christmas season or whether you stockpile it for next season, um, you know, things like that. Uh, okay. And number three is we want to uh, plan on what we're going to do um, for Q1 because Q, you don't want Q1 to just, you know, you don't want to just, uh, write off Q1 as being for bad sales um, if you're in a marketplace that has bad sales. You want to make sure, and we did this on a YouTube video where I showed you how I use Terapeak to figure out what to sell, um, you know, based upon cycles in market cycles. And so as you remember, or if you don't remember, you should go back and look at it, but I'll just, you know, give it in a nutshell. Um, you should pick products that sell really well in Q1 and maybe at the end of the year, um, have a, that have a different cycle than your main products. And, I mean, it could be in the same market category. So mine was jeans, if you recall. So jeans do really, really well right now, as do jackets and sweaters. And so I have a lot of that that I purchased um, really throughout the year last year and enlisted it but didn't really make any deals on them, uh, knowing that I would get better pricing for it for the end of Q4 and into, Q, uh, into Q1. So you should be doing the same thing now. So you, and then obviously when things start to pick up uh, mid year for me in March through, let's say September, um, you know, I, uh, want to, you got to make sure that that cycle is covered too. So you're uh, the ultimate result is you're trying to even out your, your, um, your sales, right? So you don't want to have like massive amounts of sales in Q4 and absolutely nothing in Q1. Um, or you don't want to have summer where it's, you, you sell nothing and then you wait till q four either. So you want to make sure you have a mix of inventory that sell at different times so that you're going to need to plan for that now. So that's the third thing we're going to talk about. Although I kind of did talk about it, but I'll just, t- I will talk about it in a little more detail. And finally, you need to flush out old inventory stuff that you know, uh, that you just need to get rid of cause you need space. And, um, that's a pretty easy you know, The simple answer is have a sale. And we're going to talk about that as well. All right. So like I said, first topic, closing your books. So what you're going to do here is you are going to go through your spreadsheet. And I'm hoping you have a spreadsheet. You are going to, um, figure out the following. You're going to figure out what your end of your metrics are. So what is your gross, what's your average sales price? what is the gross profit per unit and the net profit per unit. And then what you're going to do is take your net profit per unit and you're going to take your total sales for the year. And you're going to be able to multiply those things and come out with your current business value. If you were to sell the business today. Okay, So it just, it's a indicator. It's not the only indicator that we're going to do, but you need to understand uh, what your gross profit is and what your net profit is. So average sales price, pretty easy. You just take the total sales and you divide it by the number of units you sold. And that's, will tell you your average sales price, very simple. And then what you're going to do on your gross profit is you're going to take, um, basically your net sales and your, uh, less the fees and, you know, um, and then basically your gross profit, that will be your gross profit. So just to be clear again, it's your, net sales or your gross sales excuse me minus your fees and cost of goods sold and that will give you your gross profit per unit and then what you're gonna do is take out all other operational expenses you know like rent uh, if you have any trash, if you pay for it, internet supplies, so, and so on, and then you're gonna take that, and that will give you your net profit per unit. So, mine, I'll just give you my average sales price is about thirty bucks, thirty dollars nineteen cents to be exact. My gross profit per unit is um, fifteen ninety seven. My net profit per unit is seven oh seven. Now, mind you, that tells me that I need to reduce my operational expenses, and I'm going to be doing that towards the end of this year uh, when I uh, move to my own warehouse. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it'll be in my house really. I mean, I have a massive garage that a four car garage that's going to be, um, that's going to, uh, house all my inventory. So I'm already paying a mortgage and that's personal expense. I'm not really counting that technically. I guess I could count it, but I'm not because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm doing a write-off for uh business use of personal uh, space because, um, that gets kind of Iffy uh, in the tax situation, so I'd, I'm not doing that. So anyway, um, so anyway, I'm reducing my expenses to get that. I'm trying to get to a net profit uh, after all expenses is of about ten dollars. So I'll be able to do that. I think by the end of the next year. Uh, I'm already um, reduced some expenses as it is. Uh, in going into Q4, uh, you need to, to kind of look at what you can do in that space as well. So, uh, so you wanted to get your net profit per unit. And then, of course, multiply that by the number of sales you did, and that will give you kind of a a, a good back of the envelope business value. Um, so that's good. So anyway, um, what you want to do also is go through and say, okay, well, how can I reduce things that um, you know are a little bit more under my control? Like for instance, cost of goods. So my average cost of goods is six dollars and ten cents per item. Um, now uh, I want to be under five. I want to be at five. And that's not so easy now, mind you. I buy a lot at five dollars, but I buy a lot of jeans and jackets, which are like could be a lot more, and so that's what's pushing up my uh, average cost of goods. So, um, so I'm going to be spending some time looking at how do I reduce that uh, going into uh, to 2021. Now, mind you, um, my uh, my my operating my operating expenses are going to be. Um, pretty consistent minus the cuts i 've already made uh, for the year because i 'm not moving into my new f- facility until the uh, end of next year or end of this year, excuse me um, in Florida, so I, I really can 't count that right now. so um, what else do I do? Cost of goods is a really good way to do that so um, so you should focus on um, you know going to thrift store sales, uh, going, uh, buying finding thrift stores that have lower cost of goods. Working out bulk deals if you can with the managers of those uh, of those thrift stores, or uh, going more to going to more garage sales. Now, I don't really love doing garage sales because it's you know just a very crowded field, and that's you know that's those are for hunters. Um, although uh, I am going to do some experimentation, like we've talked about a little bit before in a couple areas. One, reducing. Uh, my um, number of items that I sell on Macari and Grailed and Poshmark um, that will help reduce some fees that will help reduce um, my shipping costs that I, uh, that uh, I'm incurring. And I have already figured out a number that I need to sell on eBay only to be able to make up for that. So what kind of inventory? So I know my sell through rates. So you need to sell, you know, your sell through rates for each of the platforms. So this is all going into closing your books. So Uh, we're still on that uh, topic right now. So, um, so you need to understand um, how many, how many more things do you need to list on eBay? uh, If you're doing what I'm doing um, in in order to reduce, uh, to, to uh, increase your sales or keep your sales at least consistent with, with uh, last year. Okay. So I know what that number is. I, actually I'm in the middle of finding out what that number is I'm pretty close to that number but I need about 20, basically 20% more listings on eBay and that will that will wipe out anything that um, any kind of disadvantage for not cross listing now just to recap why I'm not cross listing is that I've decided that I'm spending way too much time on a delisting, uh, even with the help of list perfectly, which is f- great. And I continue to do that for old inventory. I'm just finding it's so nice to just know you sold something and then just not worry about putting numbers in or delisting or anything like that until when you have time. And so, um, it's already, it's already made a big difference in my business. So, um, not saying that that's what you should do. I think cross listing, uh, once list perfectly and other tools, um, have to have figured out how to do things automatically, uh, so that you don't have to actually manage your inventory as if uh, you're not an online business. Um, then I think that, uh, you know, I'm going to not cross list for now, but I'm pretty sure that this is a, a market problem, not necessarily a tool problem. I mean, uh, so I think this, this problem will be solved over time, but it's just not solved right now. And so that is where I think that, um, that we need to be before I start cross listing again, which I realize sounds like uh, double talk because I've always been talking about the virtues of cross listing. So I want to be very, very crystal clear for me. Once you get to a certain amount of inventory, um, and I have a lot of items. My, my store is about 4,000 items ish right now. Um, you know, you, you get cross listing becomes a major hassle. Um, and you find that, you know, putting in 20% more, so 20% more listings, which to me is about another, let's say hundred, 150 listings for the month. I think 150 listing for the month is a lot less hassle than, uh, then delisting things. And so that becomes very, very important. Um, it's very easy if you have 500 items in your store to, to cross list and you should cross list. So I think there, I'm finding that once you get to about the three to 4,000 item range in your store, cross listing becomes, um, counterproductive, uh, for me now, listen, I mean, the, I'm talking about my journey. Your journey can be completely different. But if you have a, a, a large store, cross listing becomes uh, difficult. I think that when you are, I mean, a five second, not even five second, but I think a five minute, excuse me, difference between just listing on eBay and listing on all the platforms is a huge amount of time as opposed to if you're only, if you only have 500 in your store and you're only maybe listing hundred or 200 a week, or maybe even 200 a week, probably a hundred a week uh, to maintain the size of your store, um, then different. It's a different animal. So, so um, you know, my journey is my journey, your journey will be your journey. But, just telling you kind of the trials and tribulations I've had. I just found myself not being engaged outside of life, outside of my, outside of the reselling business, and into my regular life when I when I cross list. Now that I'm not doing it, boy, it's it's, it's a big difference for me. Now, if you don't know how to to create your books in a spreadsheet, and a lot of us don't, and even if you do, um, you know you're not going to think of everything. There, I I'm going to have a guest. In a few weeks, actually, I, we're just kind of working with schedules right now. It kind of got messed up during the holidays, but um, uh, for a product called Reseller Genie, and Reseller Genie is simply just a spreadsheet template that's um, that's got all the the calculations already kind of done for you, and you basically just import your your listings from eBay or, or Poshmark, and it, it actually works really good. And I, I didn't do that for two thousand. 20, uh, one, uh, two, me, 2020. two thousand twenty. I'm doing it for two thousand twenty-one though. Just starting it because I didn't want to start fresh. Um, and, you know, I found my spreadsheet. I'm pretty good with spreadsheets, so uh, so I didn't really need to do this. But I decided that I I wanted something you know that's a little bit more rigorous as far as uh, metrics go, so that I don't have to keep on recalculating. Because I'm finding myself just re, you know spending a lot of time in my spreadsheet when I don't need to when it's already been done for me. So anyway, they're coming in. Reseller Gene is coming in in a few weeks uh January 15th is when we're going to record the episode but um it'll be in that week so we're talking like you know the 20th or so anyway um, they're coming in and um so that will help you uh if you don't know what you're doing in spreadsheets I was going to publish mine but frankly mine's great for me but it's a, in the way I think um it's not standard accounting practices and I think that, uh, this is where I think the reseller genie might help you. Um, if you, and it's a one-time purchase too, it's really, it's a pretty good product actually. It's not it really very, very simple to understand, uh, once you kind of get it and there's some YouTube videos and showing you how to use it. Um, okay. So, Item number two is planning for, uh, for 2021. We kind of talked about this a little bit, obviously knowing your numbers. Um, if you know what your cost of goods sold, you know, your pain points are. So what are your expenses? What are your cost of goods? How much you spend on shipping and can you get a better deal? Because you, uh, you know, what you sell for is what you sell, um, And if uh, you you have a little bit less, I mean, you have some control over it. I actually have a lot of control over it, but really honestly, if you price too high, you're not going to sell anything. And if you price too low, you're going to lose money. So, so you really want to look at other factors. And, um, so planning for 2021, I know for instance, I just said this before, but I just, I need to reduce my cost of goods. I need to uh, reduce some operating expenses. Um, I could, uh, try to save on shipping. Um, and, uh, that's kind of what my numbers tell me. All right. So, um, but really yours might be telling you and mine does too. Mine, do, uh, numbers tell me this too, is I need to list more. So, um, so the reality is, is that I need to get out there, buy more stuff and list. Cause that is the best way to make more sales in 2021 is to list more. Now there's no written evidence that listing more create, uh, in itself creates, uh, more sales. I mean, obviously it creates more opportunities to sell, uh, and the more opportunities you have to sell and the more impressions you have on your, on your items, you'll sell more. So, so for 2021, I need to list more. Now, if you're a part-timer and you might not have time to list more, And that's okay. Then you need to look at other things in your business to be able to reduce expenses or increase sales. And you can increase sales by doing more promoted listings. You could actually do no promoted listings and just run sales all the time, which is kind of going into my fourth topic, which is about flushing out all inventory. But, um, but, you know, you might want to run more sales. They have a couponless sales too. So basically you create a link uh, that you can give out and that that will um, you can give a percentage off of some of your items or all of your items. There's a certain things you could run um, that um, you can post on social media and that will help you kind of boost sales as well. Get more eyeballs. So the reality is you want more eyeballs on your stuff. That's the end, end of the game. That's what it is. So if you get more eyeballs on your stuff. You get more sales. Right. So just natural uh, natural numbers. Um, okay. So plan for that. Um, okay. Are you buying in the right cycle? So in other words, it's not too late now. So if you found all my inventory or all uh, I'm speaking as if I'm you, (laughs) if all my inventory is meant to be sold mid year, okay, what can I do now? What can I do to get more inventory right now and, uh, list it so that I can sell right now. And that's, um, that's uh, really what you should be doing. So that's going into therapy, go back to that video I saw, t- I talked about, and, um, it will tell you, um, kind of how to, to buy in the cycle. Um, and you just want to start doing that from now on so that you don't have to worry about Q1 as much. So I said, I, my sales are lower in Q1. They are naturally cause I'm in one market segment. Um, even though my, uh, what I buy in that segment is higher like jeans and jackets, like I said, um, you, you, you got to understand that it's still going to be slower than other things like Q4 is all electronics and toys, right? And less clothes. So I bought, um, more, uh, toys and, and sold those and they did pretty well. Um, uh, but you know, my margins are lower and actually I could look at when my margins are for, uh, for December and they're lower than they would be normally because I'm selling stuff that I buy from a distributor and they, charge distributor prices, not used prices that you get at a thrift store. Um, you know, cause people have a tendency for gifting in Q4, not to buy used things. Now doesn't mean they all do that. Just that the, the tendency is for people to buy new things. And so, yeah, I, you know, if I have less new things, then I don't sell much as, as much in Q4. So that's what you're going to do. All right. There's some exceptions like collectibles and things like that, but, but that's what you're going to do. Look at what do I need to buy? now list now, and then sell, uh, during the first few months of the year. <clears throat> if you if q one's no, uh, notoriously bad for you, same thing you're going to do for Q4. If, if that's notoriously bad for you. Okay. So that's very simple. So you're planning, that's what you're going to do in your Q1, but that's also what you, So in other words, item two and three of, of this discussion are basically the same, the same thing. You're basically, what do I do in Q1? And then what do I do for the entire year? Okay. very simple. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start grow and monetize your podcast ready to get started. Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Okay, so uh, so go back and watch the video about buying in the cycle. It's very important. Uh, Okay, so the last thing we're going to talk about is flushing out old inventory. So you might not want to do this. This is, um, but you might not want to do this for the items that you normally would would sell in Q4 because you might want to save them for Q4 of this year. Um, but what I'm talking about is stuff that, you know, is not selling. It didn't even sell when it was supposed to sell. And now you need to get rid of it. So you have a couple options. Number one, you could, you could, uh, have a deep discounted sale. So you know what your cost of goods are, just sell it to recoup what those cost of goods are, and then just move on. You could do that through promoted listings, which I would not do. I would do it through, uh, I would do it through a sale. Um, if you do it through promoted listings, uh, and a sale, you're, you they're doubled. eBay is double dipping on you. So you don't want to do that, but you want to run a sale for, uh, and you want to let your customers know that you're willing to make deals, right? So you always want to take best offer. So you're going to say, okay, if my cost of goods is five bucks, all I need to make is five bucks on this thing. So I have a buy sell double money thing. I talk about it constantly. Probably you're sick of it already. Um, so if you know, if you buy for five and sell it for twenty-one, that's including of all the um, you know fees and and promoted listings and stuff like that. Okay, if I sold it at fifteen, I'd get my five dollars back. So what you're going to do is you're going to try to get it sold for 15. So in other words, it's listed for 25. You know you you double your money at 21. Uh, you know that you break even at 15. What you're going to want to do is list it for 21, not not list it for not listed for 25 like you have it today right? So that's how you blow out your inventory. And then you do that through a markdown sale. I, I would not do that. I wouldn't reprice all my items that way, because if you reprice all your items, you know, it's going to take forever and ever to do that. Even if you do it in bulk, you're going to, it's, it's not going to be easy. So what you're going to do is just run a sale, be- better way to do that. And plus also when you run a sale, eBay will start filtering traffic to you. So, um, so do that on all those items that you want to get rid of, you know, you're not going to sell them, just get rid of them. OK, OK, there's number two, uh, which you can do um, is you can put it on locally and Facebook marketplace. So what you can do is you take all your stuff, put it in a uh, and not a big pile, but organize it. You may you may want to delist it from eBay temporarily. Nah, I don't know if I'd do that, but um, you you then just run a Facebook Marketplace sale, have people come into your home, well your garage, and just basically have a glorified garage sale. Get rid of it. You know, a matter of fact, this might even be cheaper, as you know, you bought it for five bucks. You, you could sell for five bucks and break even, right? But now if you sell it for ten dollars, you've doubled your money and you got rid of all the fees. I mean, it does take time. But, um, but you can get rid of inventory that way. I do that all the time. We have a, in my neighborhood, well, in pandemic, it doesn't work that way, but, but it will happen that way again, is that we have a block, uh, garage sale or a yard sale. So everybody gets in and, um, and basically, uh, brings all their stuff out and then people come shopping up and down the street and it actually works out really, really well. If you have that, of course it's in my, in my area, it's winter right now. So we're not doing that until like. April or May. Um, but you, you should do that. Sorry. Right, get rid of old inventory that way. Another thing you could do is you can actually bulk it up as in one large lot of stuff and just sell it to other eBay, eBay sellers. So certain people do well in certain types of clothing items that I don't do very well with. And so what I'll do is I search out those people and say, Hey, listen, I have a bunch of inventory. I'm going to put it on there. Or you just put it on there as one bulk lot on eBay and just use eBay to sell it. But, um, you know you're not going to make as much money doing this. I will tell you because people, if you you can't just take five dollars and multiply that by a hundred items and say you're going to get five hundred dollars for this of these this lot, you're not going to. That's not going to happen. You're going to probably lose money on it, but you will recoup some of your money. And that's uh, so I would say that's the last resort because then you got to deal with shipping and stuff like that. I think that the first thing to do is just run a deep sale. Number two is to have a garage sale essentially, or a Facebook Marketplace sale, or a Craigslist sale, or whatever else works. Uh, and the third would be to reach out and look for other resellers through either eBay or Facebook, um, or other means, uh, to uh, sell old inventory. All right. So, and by the way, if you have old inventory that you want to get rid of and it's in the men's clothing space, uh, you reach out to me, I'll probably buy it. I mean, if it's good stuff, but, um, make sure that, that, uh, um, that you use all those avenues. Don't just keep it in your inventory. You wanna free up space so you can add more inventory that will move for you. Okay, so that's all I have. Uh, I have some questions from that I've received via email. Um, first question is uh, about my equipment. What do I use? Okay. So I'm going to go really quickly through this. Uh, So what I use, um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, it's a longer email, but um, they wanted to know what thermal printer I use. I use Rolo printer, but some people use uh, uh, the Dymo products. Um, I have one of those for labeling my shelves, but I use the Rolo printer. The reason why I use Rolo is because it has um, the labels. You could buy the generic labels. You don't have to buy the Dymo labels, um, and they're a lot cheaper. All right. So, um, I have a, uh, Epson, uh, printer and scanner, uh, that I use uh, for occasionally when I need to actually, uh, um, put photos on that. I don't want to take photos of an item. I could just flatbed scanner it. Um, I have a PC. I just switched away from my Mac. Um, for a variety of reasons, but most likely, uh, most, uh, definitely use it for, um, for my other business. So that's why I moved away from Mac, but I uh, generally speak, I, I, you should be using a Mac if you can, just cause I think it's more friendly for eBayers. I use an iPhone, same thing. Uh, using an iPhone, um, you can take square photos you need to take square photos for eBay or actually all of them. Um, you don't want to take things in portrait. And so I'm not, uh, so that's what I use for that. Um, what else do I use? <laughs> I guess that's about it. I use a white back, uh, backdrop for all my listings at mctradingcompany.com. You can go see my listings and you'll see that I use a wh- white backdrop rather than cropping out photos. I think it's just faster. Um, and so I use a white vinyl um, so I can wipe it off when it gets dirty, which happens because um, you're using old clothing, for instance. And I use a computer monitor that's large to take the measurement, to show the measurements so that I take a picture of that screen. You'll see that. I would say if you go to mctradingcompany.com and look at my look at my listings. You'll see um, kind of what I do in the photograph space. And I'm not saying I'm the best at the photographs, to be honest with you. I think that there are uh, – I, I do need a light box, and I just haven't gotten one. Probably I'll do that when I, when I change uh, venues. Okay, the next question I have is about – fees. Oh, for, I see what this is. So they, um, so they're going to, I made a suggestion, I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago that I, I'm going to be looking at uh, running sales and not doing promoted listings anymore and see what the impact was. And I got that idea from the auction professor. He's uh, on YouTube. He may have a podcast too, but he's on YouTube. I'm pretty good Youtuber, Actually, I find him to be one of the better YouTubers um, as far as details about what to do. And he doesn't charge for a lot. He has a Patreon, though, which I belong to. But um, anyway, so he runs sales and then sends offers out on all the interest you get when you get your uh, watchers. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. But this person is saying what percentage, essentially, what should be on promoted listings. Well, that's going to change. That's going to be very differently uh, on what your product is. The more competitive products, clothing being one of them, for instance, you, um, you do need to um, do about 5 or 6% to get any traction. Uh, some people just do 1% and then just get whatever they can from that. But I found my views. So you should go back into eBay and look how many impressions you have. How many, so if you have, if you do zero and then you have like 2 million impressions, which is, I'm just saying what I had, 2 million impressions. And then I turned it on to 6%. Now I have 8 million impressions and my sales go up, you know, that's, that's worth something. And then you, it'll also tell you, eBay will also tell you how much, how many sales you've made via promoted listings. And then you can kind of make that determination, but I would do at least 1% um, just to get some, some views. Uh, and plus I think eBay really wants you to use promoted listings. They get more money when if they get more money, they're going to promote your stuff. So, and so I think 1%. And so when I'm doing my experiment, which I haven't started yet, I'll be, be doing 1% and then I'll do a sale. Okay. Uh, the next question is about websites. So should you have a website? essentially what this is asking and you don't need it i mean really honestly the reason why i do is because i'm uh, i've decided that i really just want to have other avenues to put more eyes on my stuff and so um i use a, a um, I, I put together a website and I, if you need help with that please reach out and i'll i'll be glad to help you out and i could probably even get you a few deals on some of the software that you need but um but essentially it's all about getting eyes on your material. And I think having a website in itself doesn't put more eyes on it. Cause obviously if you, I'm one of a million or billions of websites out there, but um, what you can do then is then direct people using social media to that website, which will then switch you over to your eBay store. Now what I did before is I just sold it on my website and I got a few sales, but, but to be honest with you, I think that people, once they see that it's an eBay site, that they'll they feel a bit more comfortable because eBay is a known uh, entity, and so um, that's why I ended up. And plus, also, I think there was a lot of technical complications, and you know, when that was just another thing to delist from. <laughs> that I'll just put it out there. So as I had a Shopify store, I used List Perfectly to to list it, and it worked perfectly. So List Perfectly worked perfectly, uh, doing exactly what it did. But it just gave me another avenue. Um, that, um, I saw a limited traction on, but, um, I just, it just did another thing to delist. That's why I didn't, that's why I pulled back and I use now I use Wix, um, because I'm more familiar with that platform. And so, and then Wix has a plugin that basically just puts your eBay store right on the platform. So, it, so you're, they're buying it via eBay, but, um, and by the way, you can make it look like they're buying from you directly. Uh, that's, there's, that's pluses and minuses to that. But, um, I don't do that, but, uh, but it's really just your eBay store and it, it so there's no syncing, no nothing. It's just really, it's just basically skinning your eBay store and putting it on there, but if they make it look nice. So, so I find it good because then I could just basically, uh, send a message out to all my Instagram followers using hashtags to get beyond my followers and, um, and get some traction. I have, um, I've now switched to an MC trading company, uh, Instagram accounts, So I haven't really done that with this yet, but I will be. Um, I did it with my personal one though. And, uh, and I got some traction. I sold a lot of stuff, but it also through eBay. And that was really, really nice. That kind of contributed to my good Q1 numbers, I think, because I sold a lot of clothing um, in Q1, uh, Q4, not Q1. Um, and so the key, it really is, you just want eyeballs. You know, those eyeballs could be on multiple platforms. They could be on one platform, but you need to get eyeballs to your stuff and, you know, this goes back to the last corner, maybe two questions ago, or even our whole discussion here, you know, running sales, doing promoted listings, getting eyeballs to your stuff. And this is just another avenue. So the technology is easy. If you need reach out, I mean, it's it's going to be really boring if I do it here as a question. It's not a, it's not a podcast type of thing. But, you know, reach out via the website, uh, either mctradingcompany.com, or you could do it through uh, the old-fashioned mic um dot com. So that's that question. Okay. Well, listen, that's it for this week. And I really appreciate uh, all the support we've gotten. Uh, You can obviously go to the website for any kind of stuff I've talked about. If I talk about software or partners or whatever, you can go there and look at it. I, there are affiliate links. I do get compensated for that, but it helps kind of you know, it's not a lot of money, so I'm not doing that for my primary uh, income, uh, but it does help keep uh, paying for some of this podcast, All right. Well, thank you very much, and we will see each other next week. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.